1: Buckets. My name is Matt Moore and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Futures Friday episode. This week I'm joined by Jim Turvey. Turby Betts. You can find him in the Action Network app. He's going to join me to talk about all sorts of futures. Uh, make miss. We're going to do a little bit of division betting, all sorts of stuff. Plus, oh, yeah, that's right. It's finals matchup time. It's my, it's my sweet spot. And I'm going to go ahead and, and give my thoughts on that bet as well. That the one that all my colleagues seem to hate. Uh, we'll talk about that later on today. I want to let you know that everything that we talk about in the podcast can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your bets. You get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. Our daily show, Green Dot Daily, is in there. Uh, I'm on there like three times a week now with NBA. It's a great show. It gets you set at all sorts of sports. If you want to get caught up on March Madness quickly, Green Dot Daily is a good place to start as well as our college podcast, Big Bets on Campus. Check out those two things and you can get caught up. You don't have to have watched college at all. I haven't but I'm going to get caught up and be rare to go to bet the NCAA tournament. So make sure to check that out. Also want to let you know that I was on the favorites podcast. If you are not a subscriber, definitely go check out the favorites podcast with Simon Hunter and Chad Millman my boss uh, talked about all sorts of stuff. The Lakers in there had a long discussion on the Kings and like trying to, I made a, a pretty coherent case for like why they're actually a, not a bad bet for the Western Conference. I'm actually probably going to gonna talk to, force Jim into a conversation about that as well. We'll talk about all that and more, but we're going to get started. So Jim, I have laid out a number of bets for us to talk about for a best bet. And the first one we're going to start with is a make and a miss bet. So you got to pick one best bet to make and one best bet to miss. I will go first and my, that's going to be to miss. I found a plus 280 today uh, in the market on the Brooklyn Nets to miss the NBA postseason uh, playoffs. Rather, postseason includes the play-in. Uh, this is a bet that's been all of the smart gambling people have talked about this in the last week. I'm not going to try and pass this off as my own analysis. Like, honestly, there was a reason I didn't want to bet it. And I want to be like, fuck you. I'm betting them to make it just because I didn't come up with it. But eventually I was just like, man, this looks too good to be true. I kind of had the idea that the Nets would be fine if the trades, I was like, they're still really talented. And Jacques wants a good coach. Everyone has started betting this, this number to, to miss. It was plus 450 at the beginning of the week. It's down to plus 225 in some places in the market. It's getting very, very narrow. So I want to get in while I can still get over two to one on it. I mean, it's pretty simple. Like the Brooklyn Nets look like they have no idea how to play together. They don't have a lead point guard. They don't have a backup center. They don't really know what they're doing. And so to me, this is the best value. The nets to miss the playoffs at plus 250 or better.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, actually, Matt. Um, I know that yeah, we talked about this a little bit before. It maybe the the number breakdown on it isn't perfect. Uh, in fact, uh, if you if you're gonna go straight numbers play, super boring. I think the best straight numbers play right now is Portland to miss minus 625. I don't know how, <laughs> too many bidders out there, they're gonna lay minus six twenty five. But I think that's the the best statistical edge you can find out there right now. But from a from a normal bettor's perspective, I think the the Nets make the to, to miss. Pardon me, the playoffs is the is the best bet right now. I I was with you. I was I was pretty high on them, um, right after the deadline. Love Bridges. I I really like Dinwiddie. I thought yeah. Well, I was with you on Vaughn being pretty like you know coach to just kind of get them over the finish line and and get some playoff experience for for what's going to be their young core moving forward. But it really, it really hasn't hasn't sucked so far. Um, they do have a that three game lead, which is is pretty nice three game lead up on um, the seven seed right now, or on the uh, pardon me on the eight seed. Um, but I, I see, I foresee the Heat passing them pretty easily, um, and then that that kind of seven, eight, nine, 10, I could see them slipping one more spot if they do hold on to seven. It does make it a little harder to to get there from a from a numerical um, perspective. Um, but I I. I, I see one of these. It's so many teams clustered there that if if one of these teams goes on low run and can and can play real hot down the stretch, and Nets kind of limp their way over, suddenly if they're slipping down to eight nine area, it's it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Uh, Brandon Anderson texted me about this, and he's off this week. He's on vacation, and he did he decided to
1: text me about this bet, uh, and he said that basically like the number he ran me through the entire math, which I'm not going to bore you with, but the math does it as you mentioned. It's bad. Part of it, though, Brandon is assuming that something like 50 percent to win at home in a first round matchup if they're the seven seed and if they lose, they're more like 65 percent plus to win the second one. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I just don't know if we get to a point where it's Toronto. I am not going to feel like Toronto is a 35 percent dog versus the Brooklyn Nets. If they even if they get to the seventh spot and lose that first one, which look, you know when you're talking about a team that's cratering like this, I tend to be like, look, leads are, are insignificant because you've won at approximately these paces over the course of six months. This is not that team. Like the nets are not a, a 55% win percentage team. That's not who they are. Like the odds of them cratering and losing another like six out of the next 10, eight out of the next 10, as they are currently two and eight in their last 10 are pretty high. And if that's the case, then even the heats and the Hawks and the Raptors
2: as mediocre as those teams are i think they can catch well and here's here's the other thing too i live a 20 minute walk from barclays center that place is not a fortress they if they get a home playoff game i wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's unless it's trey young who uh, new york has has no love for uh it, it could be 50-50 in that crowd uh, it it it's it's far from a, a great home court advantage and in those one ga- one game uh play in games if they're not going to have the best player on the court most likely in in almost any of those matchups, and I, I, like we said, the math maybe if you walk through it step by step doesn't seem doesn't seem perfect right now, but uh, I do think of of all the kind of sane bets, Portland minus six twenty five uh, aside, that that that's probably my go to for for miss the playoffs right now. So my best bet to make the playoffs is going to be <laughs> the
1: Minnesota Timberwolves at plus one sixty four at FanDuel Sportsbook. That's going to be my best bet to go ahead and make it. I like this Wolves team. I have liked them consistently. There are some numbers that are concerning because if you take their record outside of January, it's, uh, what's the word, bad. It's bad. But, but, presuming that Cat plays at some point, which I do think is still possible, I think it possibly comes back in March, it gives them a little bit of a bump. You know, that win over the Clippers was significant. They got tiebreaker with that win. And that's like a, that's a really, that's a really fucking big deal that they got the tiebreaker over the Clippers. Because that means that, it just gives them another way to sneak into a spot or they get home court in a possible 7-8 uh, matchup for the play-in tournament. Right now, I have the top six projected as I have Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, just, just barely Kings, Suns, that's four. And then I do have five and six to be Dallas and the Clippers, but it's close. Like, this is not like a... There's not a big drop-off between these two groups. Like, I have the Clippers projected. I I have um, the Dallas Mavericks projected for 42.8 wins, the Clippers at 42.6, and Minnesota at 42.2. Like, it's a half-game difference between those three teams. So even with, you know, the Mavericks getting a big win versus the Sixers they record this on Thursday night, I still think it's entirely possible that the Mavericks and Clippers continue to kind of flub around and it would be really hilarious to see the grizzly or the Timberwolves rather just slip into that spot. If it's, I'll just be honest here. If it's Timberwolves Clippers, they're going to be dogs. For sure, they're going to be dogs. I get that. But like, is it really going to surprise you if the Clippers completely mess the bed? I don't think so. And I think it's entirely possible that, that the Wolves wind up with the eight seed um, and then wind up being able to like sneak into this backdoor situation uh, with an opportunity... To go ahead and just like win that second playing game and make the tournament, uh, make the playoffs rather at plus at 164. So I have backed them all year. I like them. My power rating likes them. I'm going to stick with the Wolves. at plus 164 is my best bet to make the playoffs. What's yours?
2: Yeah, I like that one, um, but I'm going a slightly different direction. I didn't see any that like pop popped off, off the page for me. So the, the two that I'm going to kind of talk out with you now and, and see what where you're leaning as well. Uh, Wizards plus 270 and Bulls plus 440. I, the Bulls are a team that I have not been able to give up on all season. It's a terrible idea. But every time I think I'm fully out, they, they win a couple games. They, they put together a decent looking stretch and the East just refuses to put them away. So as of right now, they are in that 11 spot. They haven't been great on the road. Um, but I, I, and I, I, I say this half jokingly, but half not jokingly. I do think Patrick Beverly has, has already kind of had a good impact there. Think about how good that backcourt was when it was Lonzo and Caruso and they could, that was kind of their, you know, killer defensive bench unit. Pat Bev doesn't do everything Lonzo does, but from a defensive perspective um, he had 10 assists the other night, maybe from a creative perspective. I, I think that this team is to get that number plus four forty. I think isn't bad. Um, you probably will be able to get it later on. Um, Even if they do make the play in, it won't be too much shorter than this. So that's why it's not, you know, popping off the page is a, a crazy good bet. Um, But that was, that was the one that caught my eye. Wizards plus 270. They're just, they've been consistent all year. They're not good, <laughs> but they're just going to kind of be around and no one in that's no, the Toronto has proven themselves to not be, world beaters or anything this year and with the wizards are about as healthy as any team in the league right now so getting getting that much of a plus number just caught my eye neither really jump off the page i'm, I'm curious your thoughts on both if it's wizards hawks in a
1: let's say that the the next net's absolutely crater right and it's wizards hawks in a battle for the eight seed um hard to get to that to, that, to there but let's say the net's absolutely <laughs> crater crater out and so it's like Miami and, and Atlanta or uh, like Miami gets in and then it's like Atlanta and the wizards. Like, I'm just trying to figure out where we would feel good about the wizards. Like where would we feel like what spot in the play in tournament? Are we going to feel good about the wizards? Uh, I can't go with you on bulls just because like, I had to be over on them. I was like, no, like, they should be good. They should be better than that. Like they should not be good. They should be like decent. This is a low number. And then I re bet them at 38 and a half. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and, you know we're gonna we're gonna need ten and nine to get this home. Be on real sweaty, <laughs> um, which I do not feel awesome about. The Raptors loss, I think in particular, was like a that that was kind of where I was like, okay, that bet's dead. That was the one because the Raptors did not play well in that game. Like the Raptors honestly looked outmatched. Like the Bulls looked like they had more talent, and the Raptors just won that game because the Bulls just couldn't get their shit together. Uh the Wizards, my biggest concern honestly, and we'll talk about them more in the in the in our sec- section on their division. The issue is, it, to me, is is pretty focused on one guy, and it's Beal. I don't trust him not to be like, oh, no, my hamstring. Oh, no, I've suffered a shoulder bruise. I'm out for the season. Woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Uh, to do this again, I just, I can't go down this road with Bradley Beal again, where it's like every year he gets an injury that's like, is it like, is it traumatic? No, no, it's not a major injury. How long is he going to be out? The rest of the season. Like, I just... I can't trust them. I cannot trust them to be there for the rest of the season when they don't have like a real shot at making a run. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Wizards in a little bit. I don't mind those plays. Um, the Bulls at plus four forty. I think it's like a good number in terms of like I think it's an approximate number of where they're at. Uh, I thought about the Raptors here too. Like I I did think about the Raptors. That was like gonna be my second option if I didn't go with Wolves, was it was gonna be Raptors. Just because I feel like somehow, some way, this miserable ass team that even their fans hate is gonna find itself in the playoffs. Like I just feel like that's a thing that's gonna happen, but uh, I couldn't get the the value to to make sense on my end.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Uh, let's talk about the Pacific Division. I think this is a fascinating conversation. So I'm going to run down the, the standings real quick and then we'll talk about the odds. Uh, the Kings lead the division, they are at 25 losses. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, and I'm going to be doing these playoff picture podcasts going into the future, you're going to hear me talk about loss column, and you're gonna be like, Why don't you just say games back? And the answer is that you can make up wins, you can't make up losses. Like, if you are behind in the loss column, the other team has to help you because if they just keep winning and you keep winning the whole way out, you do not control destiny uh kings are at 25 losses the suns are at 29 a full four back in the loss column uh the los angeles clippers who are currently facing the golden state warriors are at 31 and the golden state warriors are at 30 so that's like the conversation and the lakers are way down there at 33 by the way we have a uh brandon and i have a uh lakers to be the fifth team ranked seated in the pacific division to finish fifth in the the division which is looking real nice right now um this division, I think, is fascinating because Kevin Durant makes his debut. I had an NBA bet stream on Wednesday versus the Hornets. They look good because, you know, the Hornets, it's not that they didn't look, they didn't look good. They did. The defense in particular was pretty impressive. Four games is a lot to make up. The market for this is what's crazy, though. Because if you look at the market over at FanDuel Sportsbook, and this is pretty much standard across the board, is that the Suns are minus 130 to win this division. The Kings have a four game lead with less than 20 to go, and they're plus 180. You're almost at two to one for the Kings to win this division with a four game lead and 20 games left. Uh, when you look at this division and the numbers that are on the board, uh, as the Suns are minus 130, Kings plus 180, Clippers plus 650, and Warriors 16 to one. Where do you think the value is if you want to bet the Pacific Division into the last month of the season?
2: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I when I went and checked this today, I was sure you had to have a typo in the in the write-up because like there's no way the Kings are. I thought maybe you meant Suns plus 180. That I went and checked, and yeah, it's it's wild to me that everything you just laid out four games up in the last column. Uh, a team that hasn't really slowed down. We haven't seen any signs of, of them really showing, showing any weaknesses and they're plus one eighty to hold on to the division. It's crazy to me. Um, So I'm in lockstep with you there pretty much uh, not to just repeat everything you said. So the only other look I would bring up uh, and the only problem with it is it's going to be much different after this game that we're recording during, because I, at this second warriors plus 1600, I kind of like as well. Um, I, you know, it probably won't hit, but these plus 1600s, you know, we're, we're working in small percentages when you in small implied percentages, when you get down there, they have the Clippers right now, if they take care of business at home, they're usually pretty good at home. I think right now it's around a tie game in the third quarter. Um, now this number is going to change if they beat the Clippers tonight, because that will be a big in division win. And they'll, they'll be, well, I think, uh, I think they may be also four, four back in the last column. They're five back in the last column. um, And this is, you know, Steph is looking to come back as early as I believe it's like less than a week away now at this point. They've kind of held their own without him around. Um, You know, they're smart. They'll work him back in. The only thing against it is they probably aren't feeling a crunch to catch up to the Kings because they're looking at this from a a bigger picture. But with a number like plus 1600, I mean, to me, the the best bet is Kings plus 180 for sure. Um, The only other thing, like I said, that kind of caught my eye is this, is this Warriors play just because of, of the value of it. So a couple of things to update you in real time. As we're recording this, the Warriors have
1: riled off a 36 to 13 third quarter to take a 12 point lead. Warriors third quarters are back baby Two Steph Curry is going to be back on Sunday. That was reported tonight. Yeah. So You get him back a little bit earlier. Don't hate it because look, look, if anybody's going to rattle off like a fifth, like an 18 and two run, it's going to be golden state here. Right. Like get everybody back, play everybody. I still just feel like they're going to rest guys enough. Like they're still just going to yeah, be like, mm, no, Steph, you know, Steph just came back. We're going to be careful with it. You know, let's go ahead and rest him. Clay needs a night off, etc. cetera. Uh, and they've just been so bad on the road. Like they've just been yeah. so bad on the road. It's one of the things is like when we're at this point in the season, I'm starting to look at when we're making these bets like what is your win profile like i'm i'm looking at that all year but especially now and you know the kings are 24 and 7 versus teams below 500 the suns are just 18 and 11 the warriors 18 and 14 and the clippers 22 and 8 which is a little bit com- comparable to the kings but the problem is the clippers just can't beat anybody good like clippers are 11 and 23 versus teams over 500 really bad so uh the 16 to 1 is really tempting I I, the Golden State is a fascinating team to try and figure out just because it's like they've told us for six months we're not good. We're not bad but we're not good. And you'd be like well with Steph's been out even with Steph like that's why that's why they're still at this at this area is they haven't been good enough with Steph to compensate when he's been out which is what happened last year. Like Steph missed a bunch of time last year at the end of the season. Guess what? The Warriors still finished top three in the West. Like this is the thing. So uh, I agree with you that 1600 has some value, but to me, uh, the King's still at plus 180, I think is a, is a really good spot. I don't mind taking a flyer on it, but I do think that Phoenix is going to have to be, their margin for error is almost zero for a team that has to build in a little bit of margin for error for CP3 and KD in terms of rest.
2: When they, they the, the Kings have a very hard schedule and I think that's, uh you know, you, you've heard, I've heard that, you know, brought up as a, a potential fade Kings down the stretch thing, but Phoenix has almost as hard of a schedule. Um, if you go to tankathon, I think the Kings are like fourth hardest um, Suns are maybe sixth hardest. The Warriors actually have the easiest of those remaining schedules. And I do wonder if there's any chance because they've been so bad on the road this season that they do kind of focus on trying to get that fourth seed. Now, maybe they big brain it and they say the nuggets are the only team that like really scare us. So, the being able to avoid them by being, you know, in the sixth uh, spot isn't the end of the world. We don't hate that either. So there, there's so many moving parts here. It's a little it's a little hard to to pin any of this stuff down. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Kings plus 180 has to has to be the play out of that division right now. OK, let's
1: uh, move over back to the southeast division. And we're going to talk about that one as well, because it's another one that's kind of up in the air. Um, to look at the standings. We've got the Miami heat who I have dubbed the fountain of sadness team for the season. I mean, the team that is just like miserable and yet continues to, they're, they're not bad enough to be removed from like the, the list. They're not just going to, they're not just bad. They're not the Hornets. They're still in the playoff conversation. They're above 500, but they're just sad. Um, they're four and six in their last 10. They're at 30 losses. The Hawks are one behind them at, Uh, 31 they are 500 and then there's the washington wizards at 30 and 32 so i went ahead and i put this one in the app today wizards plus 1100 to win the southeast division it's enough for me to get value on this so i have projections and those are gonna be coming out in our playoff pictures first edition should be out friday if i can get uh, the rest of it done tonight i have the final projections For these teams at heat, 41.9 wins Hawks at 41.3 and the wizards at 40. So I have it 42, 41, 40. That's a a narrow enough margin for me to go ahead and get wizards 11 plus 1100. Like I'm not projecting the wizards are going to be woefully short. I actually kind of think that if you're going to bet, you know, I I mentioned like the wizards to make the, you know, you talked about the wizards to make the playoffs bet. I honestly think if you're going to go that route, just bet this one like just bet the 11 to one because the odds of them making the playoffs are significantly strengthened inherently by them winning the division and landing in like a seven or an eight spot. It's almost impossible for them to get worse than seventh if they do win the division. But look, I, I've, I, Wizards fans are very upset with me because I made some comments on radio. That was basically, I said, this is a team that plays like they know that the end is like, that there's no point here that they're just like playing out the string and that they have no future And I stand by that. Like, that's what I've gotten from them all season. Like, I know there are players that are unhappy on the roster. They're just like, what are we doing here? But they're there. And they actually are good. Like, they're a good team. I don't think they necessarily play together or know what they're playing for. But, like, this team is just – it's competent, pretty well coached, and the guys know how to play together. Like, Monte Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, Denny has played well. KP's been fantastic. KP's been incredible. He's been better than he was in Dallas. He's been great. So – this team is is really talented. I know you're with me on this. What are your thoughts on the Wizards to make to win the Southeast East division at plus 1100?
2: Yeah, hopefully it's not boring podcast, but lockstep once again, um, to your point that you've you've mentioned two back in the last column. That's, you know, that's first and foremost it, with with, you know, a quarter of the season still to go. That's a pretty small margin. Yeah. Um, they have a better net rating than the Heat this year. Uh, the Heat have luck boxed their way into several wins, and I think a lot of that is Spolstra and Jimmy Butler. If you have those two guys, I, I I give a little bit of credence to you being able to outperform a net rating, knowing when to show up in those in those closer games and when to kind of you know, throw in the towel in a in a bigger loss. Um, but yeah, I mean this number, you know, implied percentage under implied odds under ten percent. I see this as more like a around a fifteen to twenty percent chance that they they pull through with a division. That's that's a pretty significant edge. Um, when we're talking about such a, a small portion of the season remaining, um, you were talking earlier about having no faith in, in Bradley Beal staying healthy. And I, I agree to a certain extent, but I also, I don't know if I worried that much. If he goes out, he's been in and out and they've, they've been pretty consistent with him without him. Um, I probably show sure the numbers right in front of me, but uh, earlier this season, I remember looking up, um, you know, with him, with him there games with him in or with him out and, and there wasn't a massive difference so even if they do um lose someone they've got some pretty good depth um and, and kind of to your point from earlier they, they've just been steady throughout the season good coaching um and if if the heat you know have a few of those bad bounces um in, in close games that they've won um yeah i think this plus one uh plus 1100 number is pretty solid they only have their remaining games they've only got what is this one two three four they've
1: got seven road games left so they have a home-heavy schedule. They do have two versus the Hawks next week. They're going to need to at least split that. Uh, they got the, a, a big one tonight versus Raptors. They play the Raptors uh, three times in the next in these next couple of games in this next in the last stretch of the season. Uh, they did take one tonight, so that gets them you know two thirds of the way to tiebreaker over Raptors. That helps, but doesn't help with the division bet. They do face Miami in the second to last game of the season at home on April seventh it would be very, very, very interesting if the Wizards were to get in the position to actually be able to like, and it would provide a hedge opportunity, right? Like if they pull into a one game lead or tied with Miami going into that game, you could just go ahead because the Rockets are playing, or the, the Wizards are playing the Rockets in the last game of the season at home. Well, let's go ahead and mark that as a dub. Like, we'll just go <laughs> ahead and give them that one. And so if we give them that one, you know, that that could be right, really wind up being what, what matters here. Um, I, I may regret it, but 11 to one, I'm willing to go ahead and take the shot at, you know, a double-digit number here on the Wizards. Okay, now, here we go. It's finals matchup time. I love these bets, and I will explain why I love these bets. Uh, There is only a handful of teams I think that you you can talk yourself into a lot of squads, and I will take various flyers if I think a team has a chance to, like, drastically elevate if I think the little the chart for win percentage is going to take a huge jump I'll I'll take some flyers but I think the finals matchup has a has a a lot of value here because you're getting such good numbers on it um you're getting Celtics Suns is six to one so you're saying I think Kevin Durant Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to win a very flawed western conference and the Boston Celtics who were have been the best team for most of the year up until the last week or so when the Bucks finally overtook them uh are going to be there too. And you get six to one on that. If you want to get even more daring, there's all these numbers that you can take a look at. Uh I want to get your thoughts on this one. I want to get your thoughts on if you like these types of bets,
2: if not, why, and then give me one that you think has some value. Yeah, for sure. So I like them. I think I like them most because of the potential hedge opportunities it gives. I, what I don't like about them is anytime, you know, you're, you're, Combining two markets to have a decent size hold and you're multiplying them against each other, the hold now is like, you know, even higher. But yep. I do think as a as a hedge opportunity, it, it does provide a really good option. So I, I to me, the the one, it's what I made before the season, I it's still plus one thousand bucks nuggets is like that's what I see the only like real significant edges. I I could I could see that being um, you know, that's implied around 10%. Uh, I, I did a couple of, you know, projection systems stuff out there tonight. It's around nine, 10%. So I, th- and I, I think that that gives you great hedging opportunity because it it, it seems likely one of those two teams is going to be there as well. So um, that's my kind of scene take. Uh, now I'm going to walk through my absolutely non-sane take. Uh, the other bet that jumped out to me, mostly because I want to talk about these two teams. I think they're a little bit undervalued in the market um, right now. Is Cavs Warriors plus, uh, what, 10,000 here? Let's 101, go. basically. one, <laughs> real betting talk. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, exactly. So throw, throw a dollar there or something. Um, it's almost certainly not happening, right? That's implied 1%. It's probably in reality, a little bit less than that. But the Cavs to me right now are an interesting team. They are still right up their net rating with, with this, I think, I believe they're still second to the Celtics in the entire association this season. And they haven't slowed down the last month. They're third in net rating. They have Donovan Mitchell, who has been into the playoffs a ton. You know, the rest of the team doesn't have the experience, but Mitchell has been amazing in the postseason time after time. They have a couple of of defenders who you know putting being able to put evan mobley who's one of the most flexible defenders in the league being able to put him on Giannis or being able to put him on tatum or just kind of letting him you know do his defensive thing and kind of roam that they, they're an interesting team um you you could easily talk me into them losing to the knicks in the first round um but i also think that the the way they match up with some of the better teams in the east is is intriguing to me the logic for the warriors is as simple as I want to be in on them when their market is the lowest. Now it uh, sounds like they're, they're running away with this game tonight. So this number probably will have moved by the morning. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, the books know don't, don't give a big number on the Warriors for too long because people are smart and they're going to know to jump on that number because the Warriors are never dead. They're never fully out of it. Um, it's really hard to find long numbers on the Warriors and, and for good reason. So um, you know, They've they've killed me in season past when I haven't bet them because I couldn't get them at long numbers. This is a year where maybe you can get a slightly longer number in part because they've looked more flawed, but I think part of that is, you know, they've they they got rid of Wiseman. He was not the only thing, but they've kind of got their rotation in a place where it's it's a little bit better now. They're not trying to span the two generations um as much and and I I think they're looking a little better here and and honestly the West doesn't have a bucks or a celtics um and so I, I think it is a little more open so you know if, if you got a dollar to put on calves warriors or if you want to kind of separate it out and maybe look at i think calves are like plus 2,900 um for eastern conference or just kind of have them in mind as as you're going into the postseason as as two teams the market might be a little bit low on right now
1: i have i've already put in a position on the calves who are just 1100 to win the east uh that's about the number that i got it at um i don't I like the calf side of this. I've talked about this on a couple pods. I'm going to say it again. For four months, I have been like, look, the Warriors, when they're together, their intended starters, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney have the best net rating of those five players. Like, people hear net rating and their eyes gloss over. I get it. Those five players together beat the opponent by more. For whatever section of possessions you want to do, 50, 20, 100, they beat them by more than anybody else. When Draymond, Steph, and Clay all start and finish a season, a series together, they have not lost. The only times that group has lost is 2016 when Draymond missed game five with a suspension, and 2019, when Clay got hurt. That's the only two times they are. 4-0 and in winning the motherfucking title when they have those three guys healthy for the duration of the series. Now here's the other side of it. I talked about this with Ken Barkley. Ken's who got me started on this in an episode that we did about a month ago. The Warriors have told us for five months we are not great. We're just not. We can't win on the road. Our defense is mediocre. Our offense is mediocre. We're an average team. That's who we are. We're a 500 team that looks awesome at home and looks like dog shit on the road. And so I have a hard time with all this. There was two numbers that really kind of stuck out with me, which is I looked these up and post them on Twitter over the weekend. No, no team since 2000 with a sub 500 road record has won the title. Not a single one. The other one is that top, if you are not a top three seed there's only like 16 that have won the conference in NBA history. And since 2000, there's only one, like if you're not a top three seed, you don't win. That's just like, that's been a thing in the NBA. Now the, the answer here is going to be like, aren't the Warriors a great example to be kind of like the outlier and it's entirely possible. Um, and 101 is pretty good on your Cavs side of this. Uh, the reason I bet the Cavs because it looked like when I bet the Cavs it looked like it was going to be Celtics one, Bucks two. Okay, I like the Cavs if the Celtics are the one seed. That's not necessarily that I think that the Cavs will beat. Like I'm not going to be like I won't even probably bet the Cavs. I'll probably bet a little bit. I'll probably bet the Cavs a little bit to beat the Celtics, but I'll wait till they go down 0-1. I like that matchup a lot, even though they lost to them last night and the Celtics pulled away from them. I like that matchup a lot. But they got to get Celtics. If it's Bucks one, Cavs four, because the Cavs are getting the four seed. Like I'm, I feel pretty confident Cavs are getting at four. If it's Bucks one, I think that that ticket's dead. If the Bucks don't have to play, or if the Cavaliers don't have to play Philly or Milwaukee, then I think that they're live. That's kind of where I come to uh, on the Cavaliers. Uh, I like the numbers. I like these that you mentioned. The the Nuggets, Bucks. Again, I've got I've got some of that. It's that's very very good. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I think another one that's kind of interesting to, to look at is if we take a look at uh, Milwaukee versus Phoenix, that's also another one that you're going to get a pretty good number on compared to some of these other ones. Uh, buck's sons is eight to one. One of the things I did last year, just to talk a little bit more about like the process of betting, this is I bet bucks warriors at the start of the playoffs. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited and, I waited and, I waited. and then when the Bucks, I think they went up two one on the Celtics. When they up, went up two one on the Celtics, then I bet Celtics Warriors, and use the like use that as my hedge against the other one. And it was, I and mean, it was phenomenal. So there's a lot of ways that you can bet these in, in both before the the playoffs start and after. Um, something to really consider if you want to get really crazy, you can go into the finals exact result, but I would just say to go the other way, and that way you can probably hedge one of the conference finalists in. In the conference finals, you can just hedge that leg of it. You can wait and be like, okay, you know, if you bet Celtics Suns, like, all right, the Celtics are up two one. I'm sitting pretty here. You know, the Suns and Nuggets are tied one one or whatever, and you can find different spots to to bet that. So,
2: yeah, uh, have anything else on that? Are we good to go? No, I think I, I agree with you 100. It is and and to be honest, they're also incredibly fun bets. And like yes. as much as we may want to hand out winners here, it's like a lot of this let's do us do it for fun as well. And it's it, it's really really fun to kind of be keeping eye on on both sides and have that team you can kind of hedge out. And it, they're very malleable and, and a fun bet to play with. All right, let's wrap it up for buckets for a Friday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back
1: on Monday with a weekend recap episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. You can follow Jim Turvey on Twitter at Turvey Follow me on on Twitter at hb basketball. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. Make sure to download the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. Until then,
0: let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you: Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24 seven at one eight hundred Gambler.